the heart of art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Hector Nino. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. To start off the show today, we will start off with some art announcements. And for our first art announcement, we have uh, Day Gallery uh, in Bryan is actually uh, presenting Dr. Mark Sadowski's solo art exhibition. And if you all remember, we actually interviewed Dr. Sadowski uh, last week. Um, so if you want to check out his stuff, his uh, photographs are up right now at Day Gallery uh, with a show titled Stone, Sky, Wood, Water. And he will actually be giving a presentation that will give you uh, behind the scenes information about, you know, about his photography and where he went to take these shots. Uh, and that will take place June 23rd at Day Gallery at 6.30 p.m. It is free admission, and I spoke to Dr. Dega, and she will be providing uh, some drinks there for guests who want to come in and listen on this presentation. And yeah, it should be a great time. If you have some free time, I encourage you to go and check this exhibit out. Um, we also have the Visual Arts Society of Bryan College Station uh, hosting Watercolor Made Easy Painting Negative Space Workshop. So this is a workshop of watercolors and uh, Jamie Bevins is actually teaching it. She is a local artist and art teacher, very well renowned here. Um, there is a fee, uh, so if you want to go check that out, it will be at the Visual Arts Society website. Uh, but that fee does include two watercolor paintings, so it is a good package. And this will take place at the Brazos Watercolor Retreat. Uh, and this will take place June 28th. Uh, so yeah, make sure you go check that out. Uh, all right, and now for our guest, we have Emily Biunok. And she is a computer graphics generalist, um, which basically means that she uh, is able to animate... Um, creatures using technology and she's actually an MFA candidate and she had an installation up at the Stark Gallery but um, it actually just got taken down uh, last Sunday um, but if you do want to check her work out she has a website called EA Bunock Art and Bunock is B-U-J-N-O-C-H so that's EA Art.com. And here you can see the the works that she had in her MFA that she actually um, defended last week. Um, and I was able to interview her on the week of her defense. So I got very lucky with that. Um, but yeah, I encourage you all to go check out her work. She is amazing. And we heard some songs from Mariachi Sanchez last week. Um, and we're going to be hearing a couple more songs. And the first one will be Volver, Volver by Vicente Fernandez, originally released in 1972. And El Mariachi Loco, um, which was originally released by Mariachi Azteca in the year 2000, but made popular by Pedro Fernandez in 2012. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot in store for you in this show, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, good evening everyone. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. My name is Hector Nino and you're listening to The Heart of Art. 
Today in the studio, we have a very special guest with a very long intro. Uh, she is a computer graphics generalist and a creature artist. Uh, she is currently an instructor of record here at Texas A&M and is an MFA candidate defending her dissertation on uh, June 15th. Um, she has interned at big companies such as DreamWorks, has been a production assistant at DreamWorks herself, and has won many Best in Shows and the Houston Livestock Show. Her name is Emily Bunak. Hi, Emily. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, I had a little bit of trouble coming up with questions just because I am so unfamiliar with your expertise, but I will try my best. <laughs> oh, no worries. Awesome. Um, so I like going over the background of my guests first and seeing where their love for art began. So I was going to ask you, where were you raised? I was raised in a small town called Hallettsville, Texas. It's about two hours from College Station. Okay. And I mean, being a creature artist, were animals always a big part of your life there? Yes, definitely. Uh, I grew in the uh, town portion of Hallettsville, but my grandpa had a ranch that was a few miles out. So I spent a large portion of my childhood there. I uh, was very involved with Future Farmers of America, and so I raised cattle and pigs, and my grandpa had this huge farm full of all these, like, peacocks and pheasants, so I was very immersed within, like, the natural world and, like, farming and ranching. Awesome, awesome. So that kind of got you started on your love for animals, and um, how did you begin your art skills with that? Uh, so that developed more in uh, school, and so a lot of my, like, high school and junior high I kind of had to like wrestle between my love for art, which was through drawing and actually drawing a lot of animals, which kind of led me into participating with the Houston Livestock Show. Uh, and I participated a lot in the art show and uh, each year kind of getting the chance to go to the rodeo, uh, receive rewards, but also see all the other amazing artists that were competing in the high school division. And so it was a little bit of that art, but also raising animals. And so I was trying to find a way to kind of like mesh those two worlds together. Right. I was going to ask, like, was your love for art greater than your love for animals? Or did they kind of grow at the same level? You know, how, what would you say? I, I would say it's about the same, but also like trying to combine them together. So like art about animals and then like animals within my own artwork, uh, but also like trying to like what is an animal and what is human? And but Ooh. that's all nature. And so just kind of delving into that like aspect. Okay, and what would you say is an animal? I'm kind of curious now. In some ways, I guess, and it depends, there's the scientific definitions, but I guess in some ways it's like the non-human, but mm -hmm. in sometimes we see ourselves in animals, so I guess that's kind of where that murky, kind of blurry line is at. Right, right. Um, in your expertise, I would say it's a really strong blend of art and science, right? So was science something you excelled at as well? Uh, a little bit. I was very interested in like biology and the natural sciences, and especially uh, being in agriculture and future farmers in America. Uh, one of the competitions I did in high school was the commercial steer program, which is a little bit different from kind of the like stereotypical raising a steer on a halter and showing it in an arena. I had to learn a lot about the agriculture industry, which includes like the biology of how these animals grow. How do we grow them to be uh, something that's consumed as food? And so learning a lot about the animals and the science behind how they live uh, and then kind of like the mechanisms within them, a lot of that science became in there. And then I was also interested in like visual aspects of animals as well. All right. And um, where did you learn taxidermy, right? Because you do some of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is also a personal like background. So my family's really big into hunting. My grandpa hunted and my dad hunted. 
And it's funny enough, amongst my siblings, none of them got really into hunting, and that was something I became interested in. So I would tag along with my dad to go hunting, and then that kind of delved into that world of taxidermy and all the uh, animals that we were able to experience life. And then after that, and how do we like kind of preserve those experiences and stories? Awesome. Um, so would you say that it was hunting that kind of led you down the path of like mythological creatures and where your imagination went kind of? Yeah, a little bit of that. A lot of that also came from just no television, watching all these like interesting shows like Monster Quest and even a little bit into paranormal. I grew up watching a lot of like ghost shows. Uh, And in some ways, there's kind of like these myths and legends as I went hunting with like my family and parents and all that. Kind of like we're like, oh, there's the one buck that we saw that one year and we never saw him again. It's like a ghost. And so... There's kind of like our own family legends behind that, too. Cool. Okay, well, I guess I want to start talking about your MFA because I'm very curious. <laughs> um, so the heraldic Ouroboros, right? That, that's the Enfield and the Calipus, mm-hmm. and they're battling each other, and they're kind of like in a, in a circle. Um, what did this battle represent? Uh, so that was a piece uh, in a series of kind of sculptures where I was trying to uh, create an artistic depiction of like certain like scientific processes. So that process that I was originally inspired was like the circle of life and so delving into that I was trying to find mythological creatures that are kind of involved in either this like consuming act or fighting each other like eternally which brought me into heraldry so looking at some of the animals that are depicted on like armories and uh, like the armor before going into battle and those were two interesting creatures I came across that I really liked their like overall aesthetic design and trying to kind of create this like circular shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I noticed that it kind of looked like an infinity sign mm-hmm. almost. And then one of them, one of the creatures, this is an audio show, right? So they don't have a visual representation, so I'll do as best I can. <laughs> um, but one of them looks very dragon-like, you know, stereotypical dragon. And then the other one is almost like an alligator with like ram horns. Yeah, I mean, exactly. How did... So these are creatures that were already existent in myth, in like in mythology. Yes, they were at least based off of legends, maybe in more British lore. But a lot of my MFA is kind of taking a more like Texana spin, and so to just kind of evolve that legend, I looked into creatures that are either native to Texas or maybe they were a breed that was like bred for a specific purpose in Texas culture. And so like with that alligator creature, I did look at the American alligators, a lot of like anatomical reference, but also looking at the Texas doll sheep, which is a sheep that's bred specifically for hunting to grow those like crazy long horns. Interesting. So I hit the nail on the head with that one. (laughs) Awesome. Um, All right. Well, I wanted to talk also about uh, the photography wonder grammar is that how you say it? Or Wonder Kammer. And I'm sure there's much more German inflection you can add upon it. <laughs> right. Um, and this is macro photography, right? So super close-up images of fur and feathers. Um, I was going to ask how much of it was computer generated, because I know that you did put some work into that. So about four out of the 16 images are computer generated using a software called Adobe uh, or Autodesk Maya and then XGen, which is kind of like a simulation software. Oh, wow. Only four of them. That's yeah, only four. I thought it was interesting to not keep it 50-50, picking a number that would be least expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, would you, what were you trying to achieve with these? Because I think, like, 
when I look at the images, it kind of appears even like a fantastical landscape itself. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like a whole other dimension. Um, what were you trying to do with these? Yeah, uh, there was a bunch of different uh, kind of experiments I was conducting with it. And it all started when I was just uh, photographing my specimens I have in my own like workstation, more just to kind of like understand like the underlying structures and the differences between different species and how their fur or feathers is made up. And then as kind of like delving into that macro photography, it was interesting to see like the focal length and depth of field, how that changed and blurred, obscured parts of the image to make sometimes they were unrecognizable, which was the opposite of what I, my original intention was. Uh, and then as I got a lot of uh, critique back from my professors and friends, and so I wanted to kind of dive deep into like this wondrous, colorful world that I was really experiencing. Awesome. And um, what does your work studio look like? Because, I mean, <laughs> having so many different interests, I'm really curious. So uh, a great visual representation is in my show. The installation piece that's in the back is kind of my own like miniature version of my work studio. And, but my actual studio is very similar, just much more large scale and a lot more disorganized. But it's a lot of mixtures of uh, kind of 19th century uh, curio cabinets. I have these like displays with all these like specimens I've collected. I have a probably about 20 boxes full of fur that I've ac acquired as like leftover scraps from furriers. Uh, but I also have this really interesting mixture of like digital technology. So I have like a Cintiq set up with my laptop. And so my drawing stylus where I'm doing my like digital sculptures. So it's this like weird mixture of that and then like computer displays and uh, this kind of interesting of like modern and kind of like more 19th or 18th century technology. Right. I love that clash between the two. I think that's amazing. Um, Working at DreamWorks and Pixar, um, did you have creative freedom? What was it like working there? So uh, I do want to clarify, I didn't intern at Pixar. That was actually a, an amazing opportunity with the Department of Visualization. We had Pixar uh, mentors come in and tour uh, A&M, but also mentor the students that were doing the summer industry course, which okay. is actually happening now at Texas A&M. We have uh, mentors from DreamWorks coming in. Interesting. And so that opportunity was really great. Uh, and before I was able to do the summer industry course with Pixar, I had the opportunity to intern at DreamWorks. And in between that transition, I did the summer industry course with Pixar. And then I got hired full time to work back at DreamWorks in production management. Congratulations for that. That's awesome. And what kind of works did you work on there? So I worked on uh, most of like the behind the scenes work. So when I interned, I had the opportunity to work on Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast. So it's this 2D show about a girl that kind of gets immersed in this like crazy world of these talking animals. Uh, and that was one of my favorite shows to work on. And then I also got to work on the epic tales of Captain Underpants. And then full time, I was hired on Boss Baby Back in Business, the TV show, which was a great experience, too, because it was my first CD show. And I really wanted to know more about 3D computer animation versus the 2D animation shows that I worked on previously. Wow. Awesome. Congratulations on all that. That's, I mean, that's so cool. Um, I mean, having worked in so many aspects of art, uh, I'm curious as to what future projects are in store for you. What, what are you looking into right now? So uh, a lot of like what we were mentioning before, I have so many different interests and I'm trying to kind of like broaden that scope of contemporary art with how do I take computer animation? How do I take taxidermy and even like 3D printing? How can I merge kind of these like digital but like traditional art uh, art workflows and seeing how that kind of like enhances my work in the future. So 
kind of in the future, I'm really looking at like 3D printing. How do I 3D print stuff to use for like taxidermy specimens? And then kind of really delving into that like fur simulation and looking ways maybe if I can 3D print that for a sculpture. So that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, well, those are all the questions I had for you. Um, I did want to ask you. Um, Till when is your exhibit going to be up in the Start Galleries? So it is up right now, and it'll be all the way to this Sunday. So it's only up for two weeks. Okay. Uh, and then I have my defense this Wednesday. So. All right. Awesome. And if people can't make the exhibit, can they look at it online? Is there a website that they can go to to check it out? Yes. It'll be my own personal website, and I can give you that information as well. And I, Once the sh- uh, show is over, I hope to take a lot of really great pictures and have a virtual experience as well. Awesome. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for stopping by. I really appreciated this conversation. No, thank you so much for having me. And good luck on your your defense. (laughs) Thank you very much. All right, you guys. Um, so before we go into our next segment, which is the Mariachi Sanchez uh, performances, uh, I was wanting to kind of give you a little anecdote about myself. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited that I'm airing this mariachi music, local mariachi music uh, that is being performed here in the Bryan College Station area, uh, because mariachi music is actually something that's very tied to my roots and to my being. Um it was actually in third grade, a talent show at my uh, elementary down in Mission, Texas. And it was my first time ever being on a stage. And I just remember my mom buying me my full mariachi suit. And I sang the song La de la Mochila Azul, which is actually sang by uh, Pedro Fernandez, who is the performer of the second song that we will be listening to today. Um, but yeah, it was my first exposure to a stage and I won grand champion. So it was like a really good experience that I had on stage. And I think that's probably the reason why I uh, keep going back to the stage is because of that great moment that I had back in third grade now. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, mariachi music is what got me started into singing and into performing in general. So I love mariachi music. I love what mariachi Sanchez is doing here. You know, they created their own group from you know being in the A&M uh, mariachi they decided they graduated and they decided to make their own uh, mariachi group so that is awesome um, and today we'll be listening to two of their songs uh, two of their performances and I actually get a a personal interview from them I was able to interview them right after their performance so that was great um, so yeah, this first song that you will be listening to is Volver, Volver by Vicente Fernandez uh, from 1972. And I hope you enjoy.
emocionado me trae todo el borotado por volver voy camino a la locura y aunque todo me tortura de querer nos dejamos hace tiempo pero no llegó el momento de perder tú tenías mucha razón le hago caso al corazón y me muero por volver como dice Volver, volver, volver a tus brazos otra vez. Llegaré hasta donde estés, yo sé perder, yo sé perder, quiero volver, volver, volver. porque no quieres chiquitita nos dejamos hace tiempo pero no llegó el momento de perder tú tenías mucha razón hago caso al corazón y me muero por volver y volver, volver And for this next song, this will be El Mariachi Loco, originally performed by Mariachi Azteca in the year 2000, but made famous by Pedro Fernandez. Hope you enjoy.
Hello, good evening everyone. Welcome back to the Heart of Art. We are here uh, at the Starlight Music Series and we're here with Mariachi Sanchez. You guys did awesome. Thank you so much for that performance. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, why did y'all decide to make this group here in College Station? Uh, so originally we had started with Aglen Mariachi. Started with the organization. Okay. It was something that we enjoyed and loving doing. Um, after that, some of us had to graduate, have to move on. So we wanted to continue this tradition of just playing the music. So we ended up making this group locally. Awesome. And how often do y'all practice? Because you did pretty good. Oh. Actually, surprisingly, not surprisingly not often. <laughs> uh, really? We practice once this month, but it's all thanks to our members. They all practice on their own, and they're really skilled musicians. So we appreciate that. Awesome, awesome. And how often would y'all say y'all perform? Around how many times a week? I'd say every weekend. Um, yeah, awesome. that's pretty much it. And if people would want to contact you, who could they? What phone number could they use? An email? Um, yeah, so for the phone number, they can use 979-587-6939. And also find us on Facebook, Mariachi Sanchez. You'll see the yellow trumpet logo and the, yeah, Instagram as well, Mariachi Sanchez. Uh, once again, yellow trumpet logo. And there's, an, there's another, another phone number there that you can also contact. Awesome. And that's for any event, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, thank you so much. That's all we have. <laughs> thank you. All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I will give you a reminder. Um, the theater company has its last weekend of Newsies performance this weekend. So make sure you get your tickets online. Uh, they are going by fast. And I want to thank uh, Emily Biunog for um, her cooperation with with me on this project, as well as Mariachi Sanchez and um, the City of College Station for allowing me to record uh, that event at the uh, Starlight Music Series. So, uh, yeah, thank you all so much and make sure to tune in next week.